Okay. Okay. Chair Gaffney. Hi, so I'd like to call to order the September 14th, 2023 Zoning Adjustment Board meeting. Um, I will be subbing in for Chair Duffy today because he will be absent. Um, I will begin first by reading the public advisory, so bear with me as I read this. This meeting will be conducted in a hybrid model with both in-person attendance and virtual participation available for members of the public. For in-person attendees, face coverings or masks that cover both the nose and mouth are encouraged. Face coverings will be provided by the city and available for attendees to use at the meetings. Members of commissions, city staff, and the public are encouraged to wear a mask at all times, except when speaking publicly from the dais or at the public comment podium, although masking is encouraged even when speaking. For members of the public feeling sick, please do not attend the meeting in person as a public health precaution. Currently, there are no physical distancing requirements in place by the state of California or the local health officer for an indoor event similar to a commission meeting. However, all attendees are requested to be respectful of the personal space of other attendees. An area of the public, public seating area will be designated as distance seating to accommodate persons that need to be distanced for personal health reasons. Live caption broadcasts on ZAB meetings are available on cable BTV channel 33 and via internet accessible video stream at the link in the agenda. To access the meeting remotely, join from a PC, Mac, iPad, iPhone, or Android. Please use the, IRL on the URL on the agenda. If you do not wish for your name to appear on the screen, then use the drop-down menu and click on Rename to rename yourself to be anonymous. To request to speak, use the raised hand icon by rolling over the bottom of the screen. To join by phone, dial the number on the agenda and, and enter the webinar ID. If you wish to comment during the public comment portion of the agenda, press star nine and wait to be recognized by the chair. Please be mindful that the teleconference will be recorded as any ZAB meeting is recorded and all other rules of procedures and decorum will apply uh, for ZAB meetings conducted by teleconference or video conference. This meeting will be conducted in accordance with the Brown, Brown Act. Any member of the public may attend this meeting. The chair may limit the number of speakers and the length of time allowed to each speaker. To speak as a public hearing, please submit a speaker card to planning staff as early as possible at the meeting. Um, that's the green cards that are up here. So if you have a oh, over there, um, so I would do that now if you have anything on non-agenda or anything on the consent or action calendars, just go fill one out. Um, at the start of the meeting, the chair may rearrange the agenda or place additional agenda items on the consent calendar. So it's important to be present at the start of the meeting to avoid losing the chance to speak on an item. All right. Welcome everyone. Welcome commissioners. Um, we're now going to go with the uh, preliminary matters, uh, which will be roll call and ex parte. Thank you, Chair Gaffney. When I call your name, please indicate if you are present and if you have any ex parte. Commissioner Trigub. Commissioner Bell. Can you turn your microphone on? Hi, present, no ex parte. Thank you. Chair Gaffney? Present, no ex parte. Commissioner Thompson? Present, no ex parte. Commissioner Lunapara? Present, no ex parte. Commissioner O'Keefe? Commissioner Khan? Present, no ex parte. Commissioner Young? Present, no ex parte. And Commissioner Sanderson? Present, no ex parte. Thank you. 
All right, wonderful. Um, now we're going to go on to public comment of non-agenda matters. Um, so if you wish to speak on anything not on the agenda, this will be the time to do so. Um, you'll have three minutes. So anything that's not on the consent or action calendar. Um, if you haven't filled out any of the green cards, now would be the time. I don't think we have any. All right, we are going to move on then. Um, actually, let's look, see online. So uh, let's see, I don't think we have any hands raised online. We have one. The BCM is um, internal. I'm going to go find out what's happening with that. But it looks like Kelly Hammergren has oh, her hand raised. Sorry, let me pull that up. There we go. Okay. Oh, yes. All right. We have two hands raised. Okay. So BCM head, head in. I'll have raised first. Let's see. Internal. Oh, that's internal. Okay. Gotcha. Okay, so Kelly Hammergren, I will allow you to talk and you should be good to go now. Okay, thank you. Can you go ahead, Kelly? Can you hear me okay? I did put allow to talk. Can you hear me? Mm -mm. Um, Kelly, I know you know, it's, I think I have you allowed to talk. What? Mm -hmm. What shall we do, you think? All right, um, I'm going to mute you. Or let's see, it looks like you're off mute right now, Kelly. Can you? Okay, I'm going to try. Mm -hmm. I wonder what's can you hear me? system right now. Can you hear me? Doesn't seem like you're allowing that. Sorry, can... Kelly, give us one second. Okay. I'm going to go ask our AV person for some assistance. Yeah. Right, yeah. Hold on, Kelly. We're going to try and get you uh, get you going. Okay. Thank you for your patience, everyone. I appreciate it.
Kelly, we're going to try and promote you to panelists to see if that randomly helps. So I'm going to try that now. Let's see. So All did right, you should work? be promoted. Can you hear me now? Mm. And you are unmuted and I still don't hear you. It sounds like it's a room connection error. So sorry, everyone. All the people on Zoom are able to hear. So it's definitely, I think, something in the room. Okay, so people on Zoom can hear me? Hello? Can you hear me? So there's something wrong with the room. I clicked on mute. Yay. <laughs> Cecilia, the super clerk to the rescue. Um, Chair Gaffney, we had um, some additional ZAB members um, join. Is it okay if we just step back to roll call very quickly um, to capture them? Yes, sounds good. So Kelly, if you could mute yourself real fast, we will get to the uh, public comment on non-agenda items. After just one second, we're gonna do a roll call of the new commissioners who just arrived and ex parte. Thank you. Uh, please indicate if you are present and if you have ex parte, uh, Commissioner Trigu? Present, no ex parte. Thank you. Commissioner O'Keefe? Present, no ex parte. Thank you very much. That's everyone. All right, wonderful. Hi, everyone. Um, so now that we have our audio figured out, um, we're going to go back to the public comment on non-agenda items. So Kelly Hammergren, um, you are good to go. You have three minutes. Okay, so can you hear me now? Yes. Okay, perfect. So Erin Deem, who's often on talking about dark skies, she's not, doesn't look like she's here tonight. So I'm going to remind you that we are in the Pacific Flyway. And last night, Erin sent me a note that, um, and you can look this up on BirdCast, the last night there were 483 million birds flying over the United States. And tonight, uh, looking at BirdCast from last night, there were 97,400 birds that flew over Alameda County. And what happens with dark skies when we have our city light up, all lit up as we normally do, um, migrating birds, especially those little baby birds on their very first migration, are often pulled off course into cities by the bright lights. They get confused and they follow the bright lights instead of um, their normal migration patterns. And that also means that's important um, 
to us because we should be turning off our night lights. We should be turning down our our lights on our houses and buildings. We should have all of our lights shielded downward um, so as not to interfere with the migration, especially since we have lost so many birds in North America, um, almost 3 billion. And this is really a biodiversity crisis. Um, so I just wanted to remind you of that and also uh, tonight, it doesn't look like we have anything that would really um, fall under dark skies, but as you look at buildings and make decisions, always think about uh, dark skies and what we can do to be better citizens of the earth by having proper lighting. So that's it. And take a look at BirdCast. It's absolutely fascinating. They also tell you what um, birds are probably migrating and what at what height and how fast they're flying is it's really fun. So that's it. Thank you very much. And I'll put myself on mute until I'm called on to speak again. Thank you so much for your comments, Kelly. Um, so now I will not make any agenda changes. I like how she's set up now. So we'll move on to the consent calendar. Um, so let's see what's going on the consent calendar. Um, number one is the approval of action minutes from August 10th. Um, item number two is 27018 Street. And item number three is 3121 Sacramento Street. Both are recommended for approval. Um, so if the consent calendar gets passed, then the two projects on consent will be on their way to getting their permit. Um, so now the public can come up and uh, speak on any comments or concerns of these two items. Um, please submit a comment card if you have any of those. Do we have anyone? All right. So it looks like we don't have any comments, at least on um, in person. Do we have so now online? If you have any comments on the consent calendar, please raise your hand now. All right, seeing none, um, we'll go. Does anyone from the board have any comments? Igor? Commissioner, Commissioner Trey It's fine. You can call me Igor. Um, <laughs> uh, this is just a question, um, two questions. One, um, on page seven of the report under community discussion A, um, can staff let us know when the pre-application poster was installed. I don't think that part was included. Which project are you talking oh, about? Oh, I'm so sorry. Mm. On 3121 Sacramento. I will bring Russell over. Great. Maybe I can ask my... Can you repeat your question? I didn't understand what you said. Okay, under community discussion in the staff report on page seven for that item, there is, uh, I I think, um, just the template was not completed. So I'm curious when the pre-application poster was installed by the applicant. Um, it says XX 2023. Um, we... I was looking at the comments from the public that came in, and if I understood correctly, one of them claimed that um, 
this uh, application was near a school and in the staff report, it said um, there were no schools within a thousand feet of the application. So just wanted to see if staff could clarify that as well. Okay, we have Russell Rowe, who is the staff planner. Thank you everyone for waiting patiently. Hello, can you all hear me? Yes. <laughs> okay, sorry, I was having trouble there. Um, um, so the pre-application poster date, I am looking for it. I've got pictures of it. I'm afraid I may not have the exact date inadvertently, um, but I can say that pictures of the installed poster were submitted with the application, which was submitted on June 6, 2023. So it's been up at least since then. <clears throat> Thank you. That, um, that covers it. Could you... Um respond to my second question yeah the the um school within 1000 feet um, do we know which school is supposedly within 1000 feet i think there was i'll have to find that particular letter uh, the, yeah. the closest one I see is Longfellow Middle School. It's about six blocks. But maybe there's another one. Yeah, I don't think Longfellow is within a thousand feet. Um, okay. Uh, um, 
I'm seeing that letter and maybe didn't actually provide the name of a school. So I think, oh, um, oh, it would equal the link. Um, and I'm probably butchering my French, uh, the French immersion school a block away, but would that be considered a school for the purposes of this application? I don't believe so. Not if it's not a public school. It's Thank you. That answers my questions. All right. Thank you. Does anyone else on the board have any other comments or motion? Anything? Motion to approve the consent calendar. Second. All right. We will do a roll call vote. Did you take, there was no public comment on the consent. Yeah, that's right. Okay, this is for the consent calendar to approve the action minutes from August 10th um, and the use permit for 2701 8th Street and 3121 Sacramento. Commissioner Trigu. Aye. Commissioner Bell. Question, is it possible to abstain from the minutes from last meeting and vote separately on the um, on the consent calendar items? You may abstain, but you're not required to have attended the meeting to approve the minutes. All right. Um, uh, well, I will abstain from approving the minutes and I will vote aye on the consent calendar. Thank you. Uh, Chair Gaffney? Yes. Commissioner Thompson. Yes. Commissioner Lunapara. Yes. Commissioner O'Keefe. Yes, and I'd also like to abstain from the minutes. Okay, Commissioner Khan. Yes. Commissioner Young. Yes. And Commissioner Sanderson. Yes. Thank you. All right, the motion passes. Um, there is an appeal period for um, for these two. Um, it's 14 days after the letter is mailed. Um, and then if you have no appeals, then you will have your use permit. Um, all right, uh, moving on, we will go to the, oh, you had it up, okay, bye. <laughs> Um, okay, so now we will move on to the action calendar, item number three, um, that is 1201 2nd Street, uh, also 699 Gilman Street. Um, this is a public scoping session for the environmental impact report, as well as a project preview. Um, so uh, just, uh, just for everyone to know, um, we will be obviously hearing public comments um, right now in this session, um, but you can also submit them um, in writing via mail, or you can submit them through email um, to Sharon Gong, and that needs to be done anywhere from now until September 30th at 5 p.m. So make sure any more comments that you don't say at this meeting, make sure you do get them to Sharon Gong before September 30th at 5 p.m., because that will be the end of, the, of that period. Um, so first, we are going to start with a staff presentation.
Good evening, everyone. Uh, Liza Debbies will be sharing her screen tonight for the slide presentation. If we can get that. Looks good. It's coming here. Great. Okay, thank you. Um, good evening, board members and members of the public. I'm Sharon Gong. I'm the staff project planner for permit application ZP 2021-0215, the Solid Waste and Recycling Transfer Station Replacement Project at 1201 2nd Street and 669 Gilman Street. The site property owner is the city of Berkeley with one small parcel owned by the Target Corporation. And the application is the city's public works department um, actually, Eliza, can you stay on the front, the title? Yes, thank you. Um, the applicant is the city of uh, the city's public works department, zero waste division. The project is currently undergoing environmental review under CEQA and is being presented tonight to the public and the board to provide comments on the scope and content of the environmental impact report or EIR that will be prepared for the project. Tonight's meeting will also serve as a project preview for the public and the board to provide comments on the project design and other aspects of the project that the board wishes staff to analyze in the next staff report. There will be no decision on the use permit at tonight's meeting. Because the city department is the applicant, land use staff and zero waste consultants, First Carbon Solutions will give a joint presentation for the project tonight. I'll start with the project background and description, and then I'll pass it over to Liza Debbies of First Carbon Solutions to provide more project background and an overview of the city, uh, sorry, CEQA review process for the project. Next slide, please. In 2018, Zero Waste obtained council approval to conduct a feasibility study to develop two design concepts for a new solid waste and recycling transfer station facility to replace the existing one, which has surpassed its projected useful life and is no, and no longer meets environmental permitting requirements or safe operational standards. The feasibility study completed in the fall of 2019 documents extensive community and local business input collected during nine public meetings and workshops and the development of one of a one building concept and a two building concept. Zero Waste chose the two building concept that we will preview tonight to move forward through environmental review and to obtain entitlements. Next, please. Next slide, please. Thank you. Um, the project consists of six, six existing parcels located in the M Manufacturing District within the West Berkeley Area Plan and is bounded by 2nd Street on the west, Cordonesis Creek and the City of Albany on the north, the 3rd Street Railroad on the east, and the Gilman's and Gilman Street on the south. Harrison Street dead ends against the site from the, from the west and from the east in the middle of the rectangular site. The site is surrounded by parcels also in the manufacturing district, except on the northeast side, where the Muley mixed-use light manufacturing district begins. Next, please. In the site's vicinity, to the north, on the other side of Cordonesis Creek, is the Target store and other industrial businesses in the city of Albany. To the east, beyond the railroad tracks, are Harrison Park, or the Gabe Catalfo Fields, um, the 
the Berkeley Skate Park and uh, other industrial and manufacturing businesses. To the south are vacant buildings that were formerly, were formerly occupied by the Pacific Steel Casting. This area is currently being rezoned to the new MRD, Manufacturing Research and Development District. To the southeast are artist studios and art galleries on the city landmark sites that were formerly occupied by the California Inc. Company. To the west is public storage, a self-storage business, which includes the former Berkeley Municipal Incinerator, uh, a city landmark building. And then further west, key components of the Gilman Street Interchange Improvement Project are currently under construction. The project site consists of six parcels, as I mentioned, covering a par uh, almost seven and a half acres of land. Five of the parcels are city owned and the small Northwest corner parcel is owned by a target corporation. A 60 foot wide land area that bisects the site was formerly a portion of the Harrison Street and was vacated by the city in 1957 and absorbed by the adjacent parcels in the site. The North terminus of Second Street abuts Cordonesis Creek and serves as one of the driveway entries to public storage uh, on the west, um, abutting the road to the west. The site is currently occupied the City of Berkeley Transfer Station Facility, which has been in operation since 1982, the City Materials Recovery Facility, and ancillary buildings to support the transfer station and the um, Materials Recovery Facility, and also Trillium, compressed natural gas fueling station, which operates independently of the city facilities. Next, please. The existing transfer station facility consists of approximately 70, 72,000 square feet of gross floor area in 11 buildings, plus accessory structures. Here's the north side of the site with the transfer station and tipping floor building, vehicle maintenance building, truck wash building, and scale house. Next, please. Here is the south side of the site with two administrative buildings, the Ecology Center Administrative Office, Community Conservation Center Administrative and Buyback Office, Recycle Drop-Off, and the Materials Recycling Facility material, uh, sorry, building. Existing site buildings and structures um, measure up to 36 feet and two stories in height. Next, please. So the applicant intends to purchase the parcel from Target and merge all six parcels. Uh, the project would demolish all of the existing buildings and structures, removing all equipment, paving, and landscaping on the project site, and proposes to construct a new solid waste and recycling facility in a two-building design that you see here. The transfer station building, truck scale facility, and vehicle maintenance facility would be on the north half of the site. So in, in this drawing, um, the north is uh, on the on the left side of the the, the slide. Um, the materials recovery facility building, the city administrative offices, public buyback and recycling drop off area would be on the south half of the site. Trailer and truck parking would be in the center of the site between the two main function areas. Bin and repair bin repair and storage areas would be west of the truck parking area along the western property line which is the bottom of the slide, toward the bottom. Also concentrated on the Western property line are parking areas for public uh, and facility employees, for the public and facility employees. The main truck entry would be at the Northwest corner of the project site, which is on the lower left of the slide here. 
Total building area in this project is 114,380 square feet, mostly in one-story buildings, with a two-story vehicle maintenance building and a three-story administrative office building. Unenclosed and paved areas total uh, 195,000 square feet, approximately. Landscape areas total uh, six, about 16,000 square feet of new landscape area and about 8,400 square feet of creek landscape restoration area. The north terminus of 2nd Street at Cordonesis Creek would be repaved and developed as the main truck entry while maintaining public access to the driveway of the self-storage business to the west. The public turnaround, public vehicle turnaround would be relocated to the south of its, its, its existing location. The portion, this portion of 2nd Street would remain as a public right-of-way. So the project is subject to environmental review under CEQA because of uh, significant project impacts to the environment. And at this point, I'm going to hand it over to Liza Debbies of First Carbon Solutions to provide more project background and to tell you more about CEQA review for the project. Thanks, Sharon. Can everyone hear me okay? Yes. Awesome. I'm going to try to figure out how to get my video on as well. Apologies, I am getting over a cold, um, so that's why I sound like a frog, um, and is also why I'm not there in person. So if everyone can see me and hear me and see the screen, then I will proceed. Um, as I said, or as Sharon said, uh, my name is Liza Debbies. I am the project manager for First Carbon Solutions. We're the SQL consultant, um, and you can see the project proponent team here. And we have these folks on the line. Um, if there are questions, um, I can answer things related to environmental pieces and then um, some of the other pieces like design and that kind of thing. Um, we have other folks on the line to answer those questions. So Sharon provided a, a project overview. I wanted to um, discuss some of the pieces that we'll be looking at as far as the SQL review, some of the project design features. Um, so the, you know, as she mentioned, it's a replacement of existing facilities with the following features, net zero energy facility with LEED certification, improved uh, traffic circulation and user experience of uh, buyback and drop-off center. Um, and actually what I should preface is saying that a lot of these features came out of the um, community meetings that Sharon mentioned at the um, previously in the presentation. So um, just wanted to highlight some of those. Um, there are new buildings with dual stream recyclable areas, um, you know, as we mentioned, the transfer station building, vehicle maintenance facility, administrative offices, and then ancillary buildings supporting those functions. Um, there's a larger and separate entrance areas for public and collection vehicles. And then also she mentioned the two building design, the transfer station um, towards the northern portion of the site, and then the um, MRF towards the southern portion, which is uh, similar to how it's designed now and how kind of those, those pieces are separated. Um, the drop-off area is reconfigured to include more areas for unloading. Project goals, um, these are just um, some of the really high-level ones CEQA requires to get in the project objectives, and so there's will be more specific objectives um, provided in the environmental impact report, but uh, at a high level, it's to maximize recovery of reusable and recyclable materials to meet the city's zero waste goal. Um, the project is meant to ensure the highest and best use of recovered materials, user-friendly for customers, city staff, and city contractors, sensitive to potential neighborhood and environmental impacts, 
um, promoting the health, environmental health, and the safety of the workers and visitors, and supports uh, greenhouse gas emission reduction targets uh, per the city's goals of reducing greenhouse gas emissions by 80% by 2050. So I wanted to do a pretty high-level review of what is CEQA, and then talk um, again, high level about the CEQA process and then also the scoping uh, scoping meeting and um, how folks can make public comment. So CEQA is the California Environmental Quality Act. It was established in, the 19, in 1970 and it mandates public agencies to participate in an environmental review process with the intention of identifying significant environmental impacts and adopting feasible mitigation if that such are necessary prior to making a final decision on a proposed project. And you'll see that as come up again and again in this um, presentation is the, the feasible mitigation piece. Um, it also sets forth procedural requirements. So there's a timeline and steps and then um, substantive requirements. So the content of the documents, the guidelines, you know, very specifically lay out what needs to be included in an EIR. Um, objectives of CEQA, so to disclose environmental impacts of a proposed project prior to its consideration and approval, identify and prevent or reduce adverse environmental impacts, and also disclose agency decision-making, decision so full disclosure to the public of the reasons for the lead agency approval of a project with significant environmental impacts if that project is unable to, um, you know, the mitigation is unable to get impacts to a level of less than significant. It's meant to enhance public participation, so meetings like this, and then also foster intergovernmental cooperation. So high-level environmental review process, CEQA does define the solid waste and recycling transfer station replacement as a quote-unquote project. I won't get into what that means here, but there's specific parameters as to what is and isn't a project under CEQA, and this is a project. The purpose of an environmental impact report or EIR is to, again, identify potential environmental impacts and then avoid or mitigate those impacts if that's feasible. An environmental impact report is the highest level of CEQA review and provides um, third-party impartial evaluation of a project's impact. CEQA, City of Berkeley is a lead agency for purposes of CEQA, and that has also lead agency has specific requirements um, per the CEQA guidelines and regulations, which I won't get into detail here, um, but it's um, good to know that the City of Berkeley is the lead agency for this project. So the environmental review timeline, step one is where we're at right now, the notice of preparation. Um, the notice of preparation was released on August 31st, and then there's a 30-day comment period, including the scoping meeting, which is today, and then the comments are due September 30th, 2023. There's a slide at the end that gives more information about how to comment. Also, the notice of preparation provides instruction. And then um, we... And the city look at the um, comments that were provided on the notice of preparation and incorporate those into the environmental impact report, do lots of different analyses, um, and then we release the draft EIR. There is a 45-day comment period following the release of the draft. We receive comments on the draft EIR. There's also another public hearing during the comment review period, um, which we will be able to take oral comments at. And um, then you know, we take all of those comments and prepare a final EIR, which is the responses to comments and re uh, any revisions required to the draft EIR. And then finally, there's a public hearing or potentially several hearings to certify the EIR and also approve the proposed project. 
Um, these are the environmental review topics that will be included in the environmental impact report. Um, so you can see them there. I'm not going to list them out. I did want to note that um, there are um, topics that are included as part of CEQA that won't be um, evaluated in depth because um, they were found to have a either less than significant or no impact. Um, and those the reasoning behind that is included in the notice of preparation. There will also be a section in the environmental impact report that goes into more specifics of why those um, topics were not included. Um, and that's preliminary. If we do get comments during the scoping period, um, we will include these sections back in. But preliminarily, these are the ones that will be scoped out. Agricultural and forestry resources, mineral resources, population and housing, recreation, and wildfire. Um, so I mentioned the um, instructions on how to make a public comment. The notice of prep, and this also says where the notice of preparation can be found online. So there's the website there, and there's also instructions on how you um, get to this specific project information. We welcome comments on the scope, focus, and content of the EIR, mitigation measures to avoid or reduce environmental impacts, alternatives to the proposed project that would reduce environmental impacts, and um, for these comments, please include your name, affiliation, and contact information. So the notice of preparation, the comments um, provided during the public scoping period are really meant to be on the environmental, potential environmental impacts, and then, as I said, mitigation measures and potential alternatives. And I think this was mentioned earlier, but it's worth um, reiterating. Please submit your comments by 5 p.m. on September 30th. Um, Sharon's information is there. You can um, send them hard copy or via email. And um, now I'm happy to, to answer questions. Actually, Liza, I think I'll uh, wrap it up with a, oh, apologies. a okay. couple of points. Okay. Uh, no problem. Um, so just to wrap up, uh, once again, I'd, I'd like to uh, reiterate that the purpose of tonight's meeting are twofold, uh, to provide a preview for the project uh, and to hold an ERR, EIR scoping session for the project. So staff welcomes two types of comments. Uh, one, comments on project design, and zoning compliance for the project preview, and two comments on the scope and content of the EIR uh, as Liza described in detail. So, and that concludes staff's presentation. Thank you. Awesome, thank you so much. Um, first, let's go to any commissioner comments for staff or questions, not comments, save your comments. Uh, Steve Britton, uh, Commissioner Young. Hello, um, I just have a couple little questions about um, the plan, which is really, really space efficient. And I'm really, really stoked to see the facility be expanded. Um, I, my first question is, are the number of parking spaces for both visitors and employees um, following an off-street minimum in the zoning code? Uh, yes, the answer is yes. And in this uh, district and for this type of project, uh, the number of parking spaces are um, according to a parking study that is done. Um, and so a parking study was um, conducted and they determined the, the minimum amount of spaces that they should have on the site. Um, and that's what they're providing here. Okay, thanks for that. Um, and then my other small question is, um, in the MRF facility, 
in the um, southeast corner, there's like kind of a triangular cutaway at the corner of the building. Um, I was just wondering, is that to reduce the building frontage up against the sidewalk or is that like uh, for circulation? I'm going to let uh, someone from the project team answer that question because it's a design question. Clark, can you answer that question? Sure can. Thank Good you. evening, everyone. My name is Clark Davis. I'm the project architect with JRMA Architects and Engineers, and we're a partner firm with the Zero Waste Collaborative. Uh, that cutaway, if I'm understanding the question, it's where the trucks are shown on the plan, and it's facing uh, Gilman. Is that correct? Correct. Yeah, that's uh, that's actually a maneuvering area for those trucks. Uh, sort of a three-point turn area. But it gives us the benefit of uh, a large building not having as much uh, facade close to the street. Two birds, one stone. Thanks. Mm -hmm. Sure. Any other commissioner questions? Commissioner Craig? Uh, thank you. Um, first of all, can you go back to the last slide you showed just with the comment guidance yep give me one second there you, there you are uh yep that one um just noticed a typo i think that's what it is um it says select permit ZP 2021, was that meant to be 2023? Actually, no, this this project uh, application was submitted in 2021. It's been around for a while. Um, okay, which one is it just for the public? Um, because it also says enter permit number 2023. So oh. should... Okay, it should be 2021, CP 2021-0215. Okay, I'm sure you're correct. Thank you for pointing that out. Thank you. Um, two more questions. Um, this is more, I think one of them might be more programmatic. Um, what is the anticipated length of the demolition and construction of the new uh, facilities. Um, and then just um, curious if anyone can answer um, what the plan is in the intervening time uh, for both uh, the services that will not be available during construction, as well as um, uh, the workforce being employed will um, will there, will they be working elsewhere during that time? I can uh, take that, and then Leticia, if you have anything to add. So I think your first question was the anticipated length of demo and um, construction, and we're actually finalizing the phasing plans currently, so um, we don't have that set schedule yet but um you know as as we finalize the phasing plan that'll be finalized um and then 
the plan is to have the construction and operation. Sorry, the plan is to have the um, site operational during construction. There will be some things that need to happen off site. Um, just based on the way the phasing is, there's you know no way to keep the whole of the um, the project site or open while they're um, doing construction. And then as far as the the labor piece, Leticia, um, I think she's in the room. Um, if you can speak to that one. All right, she's walking up. <laughs> Good afternoon, everyone. As Lisa said, one of our construction requirements when we go out to bid, when we were at that phase, will be to ensure that the construction company um, allows us to continue to receive material while still, you know, um, going under construction. As far as the workforce, we provide scheduled service, so we intend to make sure that every employee that has uh, an assignment uh, continues to operate while we're under construction. We will have to um, relocate some administrative staff, you know, to other buildings, but in terms of, you know, your regular trucks and drivers and receiving material, we intend to, to operate under construction. Uh, thank you. That's, uh, I'm pleased to hear that. Um, and my last question um, for everyone's to answer it. Um, my understanding is, correct me if I'm wrong, the new truck um, ingress and egress of Gilman, uh, that is new, correct? It used to, did, my understanding was previous, currently all ingress and egress is off 2nd Street. Can you confirm that? I'm going to defer this one to Clark. Okay. Um, the uh, access from Gilman, there is actually an alley access there currently. Uh, this would be used uh, basically on a limited basis for collection trucks uh, coming onto the site and exiting the site. Most of the truck access will either be with the driveway that lines up with Harrison in the middle of the site uh, or the main scale plaza at the north end of the site. Got it. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Any other questions for staff from any of the commissioners? Looks like we're good on that. So now we are going to go to um, public comment. Um, we will start with any in-person public comment. Doesn't don't think we have any. Um, if we have any, do we have one? Oh yeah, wait. and we will now we'll go online. Looks like so. Yeah, put your hand up now if you'd like to speak. Looks like we have Kelly Hammergren. Um, I will allow you to talk. All right, you have uh, you have two minutes. Um, thank you. Um, you know, it doesn't, my comment doesn't fit quite neatly into, um, CEQA, however it is an issue. And that is, um, 
the the literature that I'm reading now on sea level rise and is has some rather alarming predictions of like up to four and a half feet by 2050 and um, probably looking at seven and a half to 10 feet by the end of the century. And the current site operated for 35 years and it says that um, the, uh, the height here is like six to what was it, 12 or 13 feet um, from sea level. So it's just concerning because as sea level, as we get sea level rise, then we're also going to get um, groundwater rise. And I wish there were another place to put this because um, it seems like we're going to be putting, investing a lot of money that's going to be um, underwater during the lifetime of some of the people sitting on ZAB right now. Uh, so it's a, a big investment with um, a threat of sea level rise and, and groundwater as well. So th those are my comments. Thank you. Thank you, Kelly. Um, let's see. It looks like we have Joy Bowers. I will allow. All right, Joy, you should be allowed to talk now. Hello. Hi, we can hear you. Um, yeah, I am just calling. I represent Cal Recycle, the Department of Resource Recycling and Recovery, and we are a responsible agency. So I've worked with Liza and Letitia on this project. So I just wanted to, I'll be doing the solid waste facility permit for this facility. And I just wanted to remind um, Liza and, and that we can combine public meetings for the solid waste facility permit revision. Um, for this project that'll need to be done after the CEQA is approved and we can combine it with the EIR approval meeting. So just wanted to throw that reminder out there and just that I'm here uh, participating in the meeting. And that was it. Awesome, thank you so much, Joy. Um, all right, well, if we don't have any other hands, let's see. All right, so yeah, it looks like we are all good with public comment. Um, I will officially call to close, or I guess we have a motion, make a motion to close the public hearing. Do I have a second running? Oh, we have to close you... the public, the public ah. hearing portion. So moved. <laughs> oh, there's one more. Oh, sorry, sorry, I just see you actually hold that. Um, we're gonna recognize Dan Knapp now. Thank you so much. All right, Dan, you should be allowed to talk. See, maybe try, are you muted? Yeah, you look like you're still muted. All right, can oh, I hear you? I can hear you. All right. Um, I've been in the business of, re, of reuse and recycling for 43 years in Berkeley. I started at the Berkeley landfill. We made the transition to the transfer station, I believe in 1983 not 82, as someone stated earlier. Uh, in 82, there was an election and it stopped the incinerator. 
and we were part of the stopping of the incinerator. Um, we then redesigned the whole place. And there, I've worked with a lot of people who were involved in the redesign, uh, including Mark Arell, who was one of the architects that really uh, created the system that we have now and that have worked for the last 30 years or so. So I'm pretty familiar with all this. We have also three people down at the transfer station every day salvaging. So we have a lot of experience with the garbage and what it looks like and what it feels like and all the rest of it. Um, we have a lot of history uh, in our files and I have written a 12 page history of recycling in Berkeley that I'd like to give you. I also have a recycling archives project going and I have a whole bunch of archival materials that I think you want to probably look at uh, or at least file somewhere where people can get at it. But this is with people who help start everything in Berkeley, like Kathy Evans, uh, myself, various other people who had a big impact on what is there now. Um, <clears throat> I would like to say, uh, let's see, the last thing is we did a uh, an alternative plan before there was even a plan, uh, Urbanor did, and we hired Mark Earl and Greg Van Mecklen, an architect, to do that. We're working on another alternative right now that combines the two um, buildings, and we will have that available to you by the 30th. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Dan. Um, so yeah, just any other any other comments you have, feel free to yeah, um, send over to Sharon Gong by the 30th, as you just said. Um, all right, going one more time on any hands online. Looks like I think we're all done. So I'm going to make a motion to close the public hearing portion. Second. All right. We are going to just do a little voice roll call. Good. <laughs> All in favor of closing, say aye. Aye. Uh, all those opposed, say nay. Thank Beautiful. You. All right, awesome. Um, so now we're going to go over to commissioner comments. Anyone want to start us off? Uh, Commissioner Sanderson. Okay. Um, it's really exciting for me to see this project finally coming about. It's been a long, hard struggle. Um, so, and I'm very... Um, my primary concerns are with odor and particulates. Um, there was one comment in the feasibility study that something about they couldn't capture, treat odors on site, that they were a biological treatment. So I'd like the EIR to, to address how we can do what with the odor problem. The odor problem has been, I mean, as you know, a, a big issue for the um, neighbors nearby and the other businesses nearby. And so that's a big concern to me is that the odors in the particulates, I'm, I'm assuming that um, all of the buildings are, are, are many of them are on negative pressure so that we're not emitting a lot of particulates. Um, so just be careful that you, you understand the impacts on the neighbors, um, which wasn't listed in their uh, objectives of the EIR. And I think the neighbors, um, you know, been living there a long time and the business is there and, and we really need to uh, 
address odors and particulates. And similarly, this is a this is a project that is going to remove, I hope, it should, um, a lot of uh, pollutants and problems neighbors have suffered with for a long time. So I would like somewhere in this scoping and the EIR, if possible, it's not actually a CEQA topic, but um, we'd be good to know how much this overall project reduces greenhouse gas emissions and reduces the um, particulate matter and reduces the odors so that people understand that they're, that this is really, um, we're doing a good thing in Berkeley by taking down this facility and replacing it with one that is state-of-the-art and will be green. So um, I would like to see the, the EIR address, sort of what the net benefit is um, from this project as, as relates to the environment. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, anyone else on the board? Uh, Commissioner Jagu. Uh, thank you. I too am excited to see this moving forward. Um, and also appreciate Dan's comments very much. Um, there's, there's a lot of history here, a lot of knowledge, and I hope that that information gets memorialized. Uh, I still remember, um, I was given a tour of uh, the current morph uh, in 2018, and uh, it it what I learned so much on that tour. It was a fascinating tour, and um, it's uh, I I guess we're finally here where this is going to be um, upgraded. Um, I um, I associate myself with Commissioner Sanderson's comments. Um, I also would like to add, um, you know, on page six of the uh, staff report, it mentions that the phase one um, for soil and groundwater contamination submitted by the applicant found eight recognized environmental conditions at the site, as well as several hazardous conditions warranting mention. So, um, from my perspective, the areas of the review I will be paying the closest attention to will be in the geology and soils and the hazards and hazardous materials section. Um, to a lesser extent, I will be looking at transportation impacts. I, um, I was pleased to see that um, there is a commitment to a minimization of uh, transport and traffic. Um, with uh, Gilman being a very busy right of way, and um, obviously Gil that part of Gilman is being reconstructed right now. Um, I, I appreciate that um, uh, my question got answered uh, um, around potential impacts, uh, particular, this is um, for me, what I will be paying closest attention to is um, large trucks um, coming in on the Gilman side uh, that when they ingress or egress, um, how that may impact pedestrians. Um, 
I don't think there will be a bike lane um, there. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think there is. What are you a... barking at? What are you barking at? <laughs> Nothing yet. <laughs> um, but yeah, those are um, those are my comments. Um, I, I look forward to seeing the draft EIR. Thank you so much. All right, awesome. Thank you, both of your guys' comments. Um, anyone else? Um, seeing no one. Um, well, I agree with both um, uh, Commissioner Sanderson and Commissioner Tegub's, um comments. I think the uh, I think talking about the particles is a very and the smells and just how we can do better on that is a really interesting like you know way to really see if we can bring it up to that next level. Um, and also transportation, I'll certainly be looking at that because I do know how dangerous that little area is over there. So it'll be exciting to see um, how we can improve. Um, so if we don't have any other commissioner comments, of course, yeah, Commissioner Zanin. Um, I have a question on the analysis that will be done for concerning transportation. So correct me, please, because this, I have this, if whether or not we don't study the congestion under CEQA anymore, but we would be looking at the air quality impacts of the traffic is can you straighten me out on that? Yep, that's that's correct. So they um in what I think as of what was it, like July 2020, 2020, I think we switched from level of service to vehicle miles traveled. And we actually um don't look at level of service as part of CEQA, but we um do look at the air pollution associated with the traffic trips. So um you know, we can figure out what the traffic the trips might be. Um, and then from that, we can calculate the air pollution. So even though we don't look at level of service anymore, the um, the transportation piece related to trips is still analyzed as part of the air quality. Okay. So my follow-up question is, given that you're still looking at safety for the impact on pedestrians, do you do... Yes. Yep. So um, site circulation, including... Um, pedestrians and bikes um, and all of those things are included as part of the analysis. Okay, thank you. All right, that was a good clarifying question. I appreciate that. <laughs> um, all right, well, I think we have, I mean, we don't actually really need, we're not making a motion or anything. Um, so staff, you're all good with all the comments you got? All right. We can do a little roll call vote and... Sorry. Um... Yeah, there's no need to. No need. There's right. no need to vote. Okay. Well, then I will create a motion to adjourn. Anyone wants to second? I'll second it. Thank you. Um, one. Oh, I'm sorry. Actually, wait, not adjourn. Oh, sorry, I totally forgot. We have other things to do. I'm getting ahead of us. Apologies. I got too excited. Um, so actually, we're going to go and actually, um, we're going to go to uh, subcommittee reports, which is also me. Um, I was not at the last DRC meeting, though, and Charles has left already. So um, let me look up what that was real fast. You see. Apologies.
Okay, my thing is not loading right now. I don't have very good service in here. Um, so we are going to skip design review reports for now. I apologize. I can uh, I can get those for us next round. Um, I'll blame Charles for leaving early. Um, so after that, staff communications. There are no staff communications this evening. <laughs> yeah, perfect. All right. Um, so I will then again uh, make a, another motion to adjourn. I think we're second. Sure. Okay, it's still warm. <laughs> I'm sorry, who was the second? Thank you. Okay, uh, to adjourn, um, Commissioner Trigu. Aye. Commissioner Bell? Aye. Chair Gaffney? Yes. Commissioner Thompson? Yes. Commissioner Lunapara? Yes. Commissioner O'Keefe? Yes. Commissioner Khan left. Commissioner Young? Yes. And Commissioner Sanderson? Yes. Yeah, thank you.